0: Happy Friday, theatre lovers! This week, I got to chat with Mulan Burke, who seriously gets you pumped about theatre programming and wanting to get involved, no matter what your age or skill level. She talks about making a proper go of theatre life in Toronto, her experience enriching her theatre education in Ireland, and she touches on some of her exciting plans for Theatre Sarnia's youth group. On with the show. So, welcome, Mulan Burke, to... Did I say it right? Yes, you did. Mean, I like, as soon as I said I was like... <laughs> Hello, welcome. Welcome to Sarnia Famous. <laughs> <for having> me. <laughs> I'm so, so, so glad that we can make time. This is actually my first interview with someone that I that I haven't really worked with. I had the opportunity, thank goodness, to work behind the bar with you at the Yay. Imperial, which was so fun. That was my first shift. You taught me the ropes. And then 10 minutes in, we were slinging drinks like it was no big oh, deal. Yeah. That was super fun. We loved fun. to
1: bartend. I know. It was a really good time. And, you know, it's funny. I've never actually bartended before this this job. And, like, the, the cliche of every actor is, like, you know, you're a server bartender. And I was really lucky that I never did that in my time in Toronto. You know, making my debut as bartender-server <laughs> at the Imperial Theatre. So, what can we say?
0: But it was super nice to do it with you and your It was fun. It was really mm-hmm. fun. I, I was surprised. I thought it would be a hot mess. but uh, <laughs> No, um, it was grand. Are the kids still saying "hot mess" since we we started out talking about what the I kids are saying these days? I
1: every age group's different. I'm sure they'll surprise me. Like whenever we get in the room together, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the kids are saying these days, and maybe they won't tell me.
0: <laughs> maybe they it's won't secret. use the slang. She'll be like, "Miss Burke is too old. <laughs> we won't know what we're saying?" <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So, so how are things going? In, in the new role? Uh,
1: well, you know, I feel like the key word since March 2020 has been pivot. So, you know, we're just pivoting with the times, we're doing what we can. So right now I'm working on some new online programming, which I think will be super fun and interactive. So that way, like whether we come back in the space or not, <clears throat> We can have this online platform that lives so that everybody can be there, no matter if there's like some kind of outbreak or numbers go up and down, because that would break my heart to be like, hey, I know we said we could have 20 kids, but we're cutting five of you. And that's, I just think that's super unfair. And there is such a, a need to connect. And obviously virtual isn't ideal. But you know, that's, that's what we'll do for now. And I think it'll give lots of opportunity to, whether it's bringing guest artists from Sarnia or Toronto or Vancouver, wherever, that we can all connect and meet online. So, I mean, it has become such a global platform. I've worked with some super awesome people when I I went back to school in Ireland. So I was still taking class from some of my coaches in Toronto during my time in Ireland. So it's like you make it work. And everybody shows up so there's that uh, interconnectivity feeling even though we're online and you can still exchange energy through online so yeah I'm excited to get some kids signed up so I'm just in the process of finishing up that programming but we're hoping that it'll be up and running for February oh awesome and yeah yeah I think it'll be a really good time so we'll see who's interested but the hope Is that we can provide it for free okay yeah i mean everyone's having such a hard time right now right so if we can make it free honestly theater is such uh an elitist art it's funny you know growing up like i grew up in sarnia and seeing all this theater and it inspired me to become a professional artist and then you go and you move and it's such like the riches to rags story you know, I had all this money, I took all these classes, and I came from a very, like, affluent family. And then, you know, you move to Toronto, your rent's super high, you're working so that you can go audition, and you want to see theater, but it's it's not accessible financially. So if we can create something more financially accessible to kids, you're going to diversify the future of entertainers.
0: Is it the, the online component that makes it potentially more accessible to be lower in cost?
1: I mean, it, it's it's all about finding funding, to be quite honest with you, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm no financial genius on my end, but you know, that's that's one of the learning curves that I'm have, coming into contact with. So if we're able to find the funding, that would be grand. But it is, it is one of those catch 22s, right? You wanna pay artists for their time and you want to make them feel valued but therefore that does have a cost, right? So just the more ability we have to find funding, the more ability we'll have to make these things free. You have to you have to enrich the youth. You know, they're so much more surprising to me. You know, they have all these incredible, beautiful ideas. And, you know, I have my own set of ideas and how I can grow from the training that I had. And I'm like, oh, this is what I miss as a kid. So that's what I want to give them. Mm. But allowing them the space To feel comfortable enough to say, hang on, I would love to learn this thing. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's figure it out. Let's do it. Because there are so many new facets of content being created now, right? I've done some voiceover work, right? And that's what we can start to implement. And how does voiceover work transfer into into the theater world? Right? There's so much vocal play that can happen. But I think sometimes as actors, we get in our heads and we're like, no, but this is, this character's supposed to feel super realistic and like me. But, but theater is an expressive art and we can be bigger, bigger than life. And there are certain pieces that are supposed to be farce-like. So getting kids out of their, out of their heads and saying that, you know, Because I look this way and because I sound this way, this is the only type of character that I'll ever be able to play. If we Mm -hmm. can start implementing in different voice sounds and character sounds and try them on when we're looking at a cartoon, why can't I do that on stage, right? So I think working through that route might be able to break down some tropes. That we have what people who look a certain way. Or I'm the ingenue, and
0: I'm the comedic sidekick, right? Because you can
1: really be anything you want to be.
0: That is a beautiful message. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. is so good, and and to instill that in kids when they're at that developmental stage and and feeling very insecure and all of those things. That that's truly beautiful. I would 100 love that when I was a young theater nerd.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it's supposed to be this inclusive space. So let's let's make it that. And let's transfer that to on stage. Like, let's redefine what beauty is. I wrote my thesis. Um, I went back to school in Ireland this past year to obtain my degree. Because I was like, what's happening? <laughs> Everything I do is performance-based and in person and live. So I decided to go obtain my degree. And in school, they asked me to write a thesis so I wrote my thesis on fat phobia in Canadian theater and that's just a lot of you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel and if we can start to break down even just that trope within theater for the younger generation then that's just gonna build an entire different future right because we we find ourselves in art I don't know about you but like whenever I watch a TV show I'm like yeah that's me <laughs> yeah. like I love I love watching a show I'm like ah I feel so seen, right? And that's my goal is for kids to feel seen on stage.
0: I, As a curvy girl, I love that that was your thesis. Like oh, my heart. You. Oh. Can you tell us like, what was the degree specifically that you, you took in Ireland? And what yeah. did that look like?
1: Well, it, it was a big hurdle. I was like, am I going to leave Toronto? Am I going to do this? Am I not? Is this going to be online? If it's online, do I move? So I decided to move. And I obtained my bachelor of arts in uh, performance acting, which, I mean, I always grew up as a singer who did music theater, right? That was a great outlet to sing and do theater, uh, but I never felt like a super, super strong actor. And I mean, I always say that I'm a real gifted mover, you know? (laughs) I wouldn't call myself a dancer, but I love to dance. I would say I'm more a dancer, like seventh, singer first, actor second, dancer seventh. (laughs) But we give a mean step touch, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I went to school there and we had an opportunity to be in person a lot of the time. But it was also online a lot of the time, which I think is going to give me a lot of tools for future programming. Yeah. But, you know, we got to learn about the history of Irish theatre, which <gasps> why, w- why would I ever learn about that in Canada? But yeah. I found that super intriguing. And we did uh, the Trojan Women. At the end of the year, so we did a play in person, which was really awesome, at the end of the year. But it was really magical. I felt like a bit of an orphan there. I made friends with a lot of Canadians because a lot of my Irish pals went home when we were online. So they wouldn't have stayed in our town. We were in this cute little town uh, in the west of
0: Ireland called Sligo. Ah! Okay. Cool. Yeah, okay. I've been there. Sorry,
1: have you? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Did you climb Ben Bulben? I did climb not. The
0: mountain? I did not. We stayed in a hotel. The name escapes me right now, but it was once an insane asylum. Okay. And they made it into like a five star hotel. It was the coolest thing. uh I Incredible. went. My. This is an aside, but my family's from Ireland on my mom's side, and so I went with my grandmother just to see. Ugh. So yeah, so that's exciting to me that you like on oh, I've been there. Um, yes,
1: it's such a beautiful part of Ireland to be in, especially because, the, you know, the pubs weren't open, so I really didn't get the experience. Oh. I mean, I went, when it was open, I, I indulged myself, of course. I was like, we are going to the Heck, pub, yes. but obviously you weren't allowed to uh, interact with yeah. a table that wasn't your own. Yeah. So it was more like I, w- I felt like I was peering into the Irish experience. Mm. I would love to go back, but I'm so happy we were there because... I think it's one of the only spaces there that is surrounded by water and mountains within like 5k. So, you know, I, got, I went swimming in the ocean and I went climbing up the mountains and I did like different nature walks every single day. I had a very like blessed 2020 in that. I got to experience something new, even though a lot of school was online, but then when we were in person, we were in person and having that community. So I didn't feel so isolated. So why did you
0: decide to go to Ireland?
1: Um, They have a bridge program. So I went to school at St. Clair College for music theatre performance. And they have a bridge program uh, with Ireland. So a lot of schools offer a master's in music theatre, but it doesn't necessarily stand true in Canada. Whereas this, if I wanted to go to teacher's college one day, or if I needed a, a degree when I was applying for a job, that it would mean something in Canada. So that was really important
0: to me. And was it like a dormitory that you were staying in?
1: They had these... I I stayed in, like, a little apartment, so there were people who were... It was called the the older residents because I was a mature student. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, there there was a lad who lived above me who I think was in his 50s or whatever, but there were also... Other students who were in in our apartment complex but to be honest I was quite glad because I was right in town so all the bars and everything were around me and I wasn't on campus which was way more expensive to live in and it was just like a 20 minute walk so what's a 20 minute walk no we didn't have school in person right so I, I really enjoyed living downtown and also not living with as many 18 year olds
0: oh yeah it was nice yeah, I could see that being a drawing point for sure. So, is there? Mm-hmm. Are you headed back to Ireland at any point, or is that chapter closed? I think I'll go back when when the time presents itself.
1: You know, I I do have a lot of pals over there, but you know, you stay in touch virtually, and that's that's the way we do it right now. A lot of them are like, oh, we want to come to Canada, and, but it's a much different theater scene over there. I'm a, yeah. I'm saddened that I never got to see any
0: theater. Oh, there. I was. You gonna know, ask I don't know. You. If you, how did you, did you see any? No, were no, we it? were on this, like, uh, bus tour where they got us up at 4 a.m., you got on the bus, oh. you and it was designed so that you would see as much as possible in a very right. short time frame. So right. we, we didn't, and that's a bummer. So I was just going to ask you, like, when you say that it, it's different there, if you could elaborate on your impression. Yeah.
1: I would say what is interesting to me, and I think, you know, Canada has something to learn from Ireland in that, I almost feel like they value artists more there. So for example, one of my professors, he got hired by this theater company called Blue Renko, And he's been on salary with them for 20 plus years. And they create plays and they put on things, but there's always that paycheck coming in. Versus in Canadian theater, you get to, if you're super lucky, you, you book Come From Away, and you're doing that for a few years. But obviously, all these actors, you know, they lost their income when mervish finally decided to, to shut it down completely. Or you book six weeks here and four weeks there, which allows you to work with a bunch of different companies mm-hmm. and, and many different directors, which is awesome. But there's just, it lacks that stability, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we have something to learn, and I hope Canada moves forward in the way where they're doing more rep theater and you get hired on for a year because contract to contract is is stressful. You, you know, what's your in-between job? What's your in-between work? And does that fulfill you? So, you know, when I was talking to one of my professors, I was like, well, how was auditioning? He's like, I don't know. The last time I auditioned was 30 years ago when I got a job. And that's just not the reality for so many jobs yeah. now too, right? It's like a lot of time, it's like, okay, well, you're going to get hired on for someone's mat leave, whether it's in theater or arts or whatever it is. Typically, most people are contract. Contract. Not a lot of people get their forever full-time job anymore. So I found that very interesting. And they have some cool companies that specifically hire disabled artists, and they look at more of the the marginalized communities there. I find. Which, I mean, those do exist in Canada, too, but I think that's just because that's what I was researching in my time in school. It's like, oh, that theatre company seems so cool. Blue Teapot Theatre Company strictly works with uh, disabled artists and has, like, uh, an acting school and providing those opportunities. So I really appreciated that.
0: So do you mind telling me a little more about, like, what the Toronto life was like? (laughs) Yeah, super curious.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I lived there. When did I move? Yeah, I graduated school in 2015, and then I moved there pretty shortly after. My very first apartment that I lived in was this walk-up. It was above a... It was above a restaurant right at King and Sherburn And I don't know if you've ever been on Sherburn Street, but it, it's, it's a colorful area. <laughs> Definitely don't walk to Queen and Sherburn up at night because uh, okay. it can be pretty, pretty scary. Uh, so I remember like walking up my apartment <laughs> stairs for the very first time. And there was like a specific odor. And I don't know like <laughs> if, if this like narrow hallway had ever been cleaned. And then the the railing was coming off of of the the wall and then the lights were flickering so i was like oh this is a horror film okay
0: (laughs) and And this is my my home (laughs) home.
1: (laughs) this is my home oh my word my pal was like oh i'm looking for a roommate and i you know i was in a bit of a sticky situation so i got myself out of that and it turned out it was a one bedroom plus den so it was like you know my keyboard was up against the wall with like my tiny little window in my in my single bed and it was a small space but you know i lived downtown and i think that was really special because i you know i could walk down to the distillery district or i could walk to young people's theater it really gave me a sensation for what the downtown vibe was Uh, and then i moved up more midtown to young and davisville but you know i did a lot of teaching when i was there i taught a lot of voice I had a little jazz trio when I was there, which was super fun. So we sang at a speakeasy in Toronto once a week in like the back private room. So we would sing like little acapella versions for these cool clienteles and they'd they'd serve us cocktails. It was a really cool scene. Yeah, so doing a lot of that stuff, random corporate gigs. I remember I got to sing what was the Air Canada Centre then, but now it's the Scotiabank Arena. And I remember my pal, she was like, hey, they're doing this corporate gig audition. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was already downtown. So I was like, in full denim outfit. I had like my j- denim jacket on and like denim shorts and white sneakers. And at the time, denim on denim, I don't Think was like as in as I thought it was (laughs) so I like walked in there's like all these people there and I forget to close the door behind me these people are from Vegas and they were like oh my god your name is Mulan God, I sang oh I think I sang at last and I forgot to close the door behind me but we were having so much fun and they're like okay yeah 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 we really like you we'll call you and they sent me an email and I'm like okay cool like looks like good money I had no idea what this was for and they're like hey guys so this is gonna be for the air canada center you're gonna be singing for um Rotary international um justin trudeau is gonna be there and um princess anne and you're gonna be singing these songs i was like what is happening <laughs> and then you know i'm singing miracles with like these incredible incredible artists i'm like how how am i here and then there's like an aerial artist like dancing above me and then this troop of like 50 like contemporary dancers dancing behind me i'm like what is happening wow. how is this real so it's it's just funny right you know someone's like oh come to this audition and just show up and a lot of the time you're like well i'm not going to book it there's a million artists here and then you do and then it's that and you're just gobsmacked you know <laughs> That's but it was wild. a ton of fun super super grateful for my time in toronto it's nice to know i know all the streets super well i know so many people there so whenever i do go up to the to visit it's it's really it's really easy to to have a place to stay and very comfortable to be like oh i love that restaurant i'll go there so knowing the non-touristy parts of of town is really awesome but it's it was a good time but i mean you know if covid taught me anything it's you know, family is important. And moving back to Sarnia, it was really good for my soul and being back on the water. And especially after my year in Ireland, I was craving having a bit more connectivity to nature. Um, And and to myself, you know, right, there's so much hustle involved all of the time. And you're paying such high rent, it's insurmountable to to even think that you're going to save money right and you're like i'm trying to build this life and you get so overwhelmed and i think sometimes people can kind of forget who they are a little bit like you're having all these exciting adventures but then just connecting back to like yeah who am i and i want to go for a walk and i want to see my family and that's been really really special for me is having a bit more of more of a pause and knowing what what my next steps are here so it's been it's been really special and really full circle coming back as well
0: yeah i can see that Mm -hmm. so is forgive me if this is not common knowledge you don't have to answer but is it is it a contract that you're working with the imperial or is it like a a permanent situation as
1: far as i know it's permanent
0: (laughs) i feel like maybe they would have let you know if it was only like a six month or or something like that. yeah yeah yeah
1: as far as i know it's permanent which is I kind of feel like, you know, I put on my my big girl pants because I was like, oh, I didn't even know that these jobs existed. And when I saw the job posting too, I was like, I never thought I would see my dream job and I didn't know that it existed. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to apply. And then I was shocked when they, when they contacted me to be interviewed. And then Brian called me and he was like, you're the successful candidate. And I, I just remember like, I checked my voicemail. I was just crying. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't real. It's so crazy. I'm feeling very, very blessed, you know, and and Brian was executive director when I I was, you know, in high school, and it's nice to see Full Circle, and, you know, I grew up doing shows with Catherine, and so it's nice to see a lot of the familiar faces Mm -hmm. again, so it, it does feel
0: like Coming home I could see that I even in the short time that I got to work with you at the bar like everybody knew you <laughs> they were excited to see you yeah I could see that being very much a homecoming for you and mm-hmm. obviously you were hustling in Toronto yes. and so I could see that being this is definitely a lot quieter pace yeah than Toronto
1: of course. And it's, you know, it's not like I can't go visit anytime I want. You know, a big piece of my heart is still in that town. But, you know, a lot of my dear friends are there and I can, I can go visit and, and enjoy and put all the highlight reel together that I want when I go. Cause it just, it just wasn't, it's just not sustainable anymore for me, like at this time in my life. And I, and I appreciate that it is for some people. Yeah. But it's, it's nice to, to build something and to inspire youth and also be inspired by youth. I'm going to learn so much from these kids. And the sheer amount of talent that I've already seen, uh, obviously it's a it's a huge bummer that theater is closed right now, but theater has always prevailed and it will always prevail. So I have no doubt in my mind, we'll, we'll be back and stronger than ever um, when we do come back. I'm just excited for like what the future has to hold. And I'm excited to be put on my toes a little bit too, right? Because, like, I have all these ideas, but I'm sure they'll surprise me and I'll be like, okay, we are switching gears and that's okay, right? I think sometimes we can fail in feeling so rigid and being like you know this is the way it's going to be and they're going to learn this and this and this and this right if I'm not malleable how is a kid going to feel
0: open to to sharing themselves completely right yeah theater can be very vulnerable and I think that you're bringing an advantage to them too in in terms of knowing what pre-pandemic theater life looks like, and what during the pandemic looks like, and being able to prepare them. I do think that the pandemic will be an advantage to theater kids in some ways, because it teaches them to think outside of the box, to work on, you know, video auditions, or like you were saying earlier, voice acting, all of those kinds of things to diversify but then again you'll be there to help them understand that this isn't necessarily permanent eventually things are going to change as well and you need to know the other side of things too
1: and I think there's such value like in just what you were saying it's like oh if we're self-taping I know personally for myself I would rehearse in my room and I would never film myself but then when we went into this like self-tape version of theater I was like oh like why are you holding your arm that way or oh that's a little weird (laughs) that you you made that choice and, and it, I think it is important to remember to like separate yourself from who you are and who you are as an actor, right? It's like, you know, I am valued, I am perfectly enough as I am, but I wanna grow as an actor or a singer or a dancer. So watching myself back, I'm like, oh, I never saw that before. Okay, let me try something different. Or that wasn't actually as funny as I thought it was gonna be. So it allowed me to like really reflect and see how I could grow, right? and it's sometimes difficult to see outside of ourselves so Mm -hmm. if we go back uh and watch it gives us an opportunity to play with things that we never would have expected before and it's also easy to say oh yeah that was good that was great and it's like okay that means maybe good and great but I want to shift it completely to something else that's good and great but just completely different right challenging myself to to be a different kind of actor on every single
0: take Mm and it it will help with those anxieties too if kids just if it's just part of what they do now the filming of themselves because To me, that sounds like major anxiety. I know any time we were doing like promos for any shows, I'd be there like just as soon as a camera was in the room, I'd be sweating. So if if these kids are exposed to it right away, it just becomes part of the process. It's normal. There's nothing scary about it.
1: And I think the more comfortable we are with ourselves, I once had a photographer tell me she was like, okay, I want before you come in for your headshot session. I want you to try on your clothes and I want you to put like the video camera on and see what positions look comfy for you. And if you feel comfortable in these clothes that you didn't come here and spend all this money and then get your headshots back and you don't like what you see was oh. like i want you to feel as comfortable as possible so if we're like filming ourselves and working by ourselves then we're gonna feel more comfortable when we are in those said situations and we will have practiced and prepared i think some of the most times that i felt like a hyper anxiety is when i wasn't prepared right so if we had this opportunity to film and tape and work on our own independently, then we're gonna learn our own tools, like what works best for me, right? And, and really taking that time to process yourself, being like, okay, I know Mulan told me that we're gonna work with this said tool, but that doesn't work for me. So I'm gonna ask her for a different tool or I'll provide them with a different one, right? Somewhere when we're heading into those spaces, into these rehearsal halls, whether it's 50 people in a cast, and maybe your director doesn't have time to touch base with you on how you best work, that they'll have the tools already to make that endeavor to, to be their best selves, to be the best actor that they can be without feeling like, oh, I hope I don't bother the director or feel embarrassed like, oh, I don't know that terminology, right? So giving the tools so that these kids can thrive. I don't know how I managed to like head on into that tangent, but.
0: It was beautiful. i was here for it. We got there. It went well. Um, Thanks so much. I I wonder if you, and maybe this is putting you on the spot a little, a little smidgen, but I wonder if you could maybe talk a little bit more about the types of programming that you're hoping to do with the kids, be it online or otherwise.
1: My goal is to allow artists to support other artists. A big sadness I've had is watching people I know who are so gifted and so talented lose work, right? So if I'm able to employ them to come here and teach a class, right? Like I'm always learning. If I, if I take a dance class, from a pal, I'm like, oh, they learned from this teacher, and they're applying this to this, and now I'm learning that. It just gives a different face, right? Like, if I'm always teaching everything, maybe I don't necessarily, maybe a kid doesn't understand how I'm communicating Mm -hmm. it, right? So if I'm bringing in someone else, they're like, oh, I like that thing that so-and-so told me, oh, and I think Mulan actually talked about it here. And then they're able to put the puzzle pieces together, right? That's one of the things I loved about high school is like we had so many different teachers and I resonated with different people's learning styles, right? Because we all learn differently. So to bring industry professionals in, people who are still auditioning, who are still working and they're like, listen, this is how it is. If you want to pursue the arts, these are the things that you need to know versus saying 20 years ago when I auditioned, this is how it was. Mm -hmm. So it's my goal to bring people who are still working into our our theater spaces. And also like, how cool is that to be like, I worked with so-and-so who was on this Mervish production. That is so interesting and empowering. I don't know, like maybe that's just me and they, the kids might be like that's not that cool miss burke and I'll be <laughs> like, yeah you know what you're right um, <laughs> so that's that's one of my one of my big pushes and i also want to provide that for our adult community too right because we're already so incredible the arts in sarnia is already so wonderful but how can we how can we elevate that how can mm-hmm. we make that How can we make that grow, right? And providing these opportunities because you can be an incredible actor. You can be an incredible singer, but maybe you have the desire to learn more and you want to play this certain part that requires, I don't know, rock belting, and you don't know anyone who does rock belting. It's like, okay, cool. We'll bring in that person. We'll work on rock belting because we want to do rock of ages or we will rock you, whatever it is. And I want to learn how to do this in a healthy way and feel so empowered and secure in my role versus like I know I'm a really good singer but I'm worried about I'm worried about vocal damage and I'm worried about my vocal health and longevity because I think sometimes as artists it's like well you know the run's only two weeks so I'm just going to push through and I want everyone to feel safe and healthy in all of their techniques yeah and then just talking a lot about language like what is the lingo there's so many people who don't know what downstage left is, downstage right, and upstage, and just creating that vocabulary so people have the opportunity to thrive. Do we wanna build a a vision board of like what I wanna learn in the future? Or what characters inspire me? Are we able to apply that to you know, the theater sarnia stages, right? Maybe there's a show that the kids want to do that I've never heard of and I need to invest in and like see if we can get the rights, right? Providing uh, more different acting techniques, right? Obviously, like we want to tell stories and I want to make sure that we're enriching storytelling through acting and singing and dancing and movement and that there's this cohesiveness throughout. So obviously, like I'm not a dancer, but what I remember is, okay, you might not be the best dancer in the world, but how are you gonna best tell the story through this? And that makes me a more confident performer. So versus squeezing up and being like, oh, I can't do three pirouettes. It's like, I'm gonna do one and I'm gonna show so much face in this moment and giving those tools so that the kids feel empowered enough when they are in those said situations being like, I don't do that thing maybe the best in the world, but I can act that out so well. Yeah. And then just applying different techniques, whether it's like Guda Hagen or Chekhov or, you know, breaking down your script. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, what do I do when I get my scripts? And I don't maybe maybe someone told me and it just didn't resonate with me. But I wanna know what's the first thing that I should do when I when I get my scripts. And the first thing that I should do is read it through all the way and figure out like what's the genre, what's the time period, like how would I hold myself and not focus in directly on my character, but what is the story arc as a whole? And devour that first before I'm like, I've memorized all my lines because then that gives you so much more opportunity when you find out where you fit in the story after. I think that's really important, especially like as, as ensemble members, sometimes too, it's like, I want to stand out and I want to be seen. And of course, and someone's always watching the ensemble person and and the lead and this and that. But what is the focus of that story? And we don't want to ever take away from the focus of, of the end goal of the moral. So how can we better uplift and make this a more collaborative art versus like, I need to be seen. We're all being seen. We're all telling this story. So that idea, too, of how do we stand out and how do we blend more in certain moments? And I think sometimes art can be looked at it as this competitive thing you know it's like okay we're auditioning for the show and I want to play the lead and the this and the that and it's you know I I could tell you probably so many of those people could have played that part but at the end of the day it doesn't actually have a lot to do with who you are as a human sometimes roles are just better fit for certain people and other people's visions and that person has had 20 years of tap experience or whatever it is but remembering like we always come together as a company you know everybody who's working in props and and backstage, and the lighting, and the mics, and we all come together as this company. And if we can better ensure that kids are looking at this as a collaborative art and not a competitive art, we'll just continue to uplift each other Mm -hmm. and flourish and grow. Because if I'm feeling like, oh gosh, I got the lead and -and so-and-so's mad, and they're judging me in the corner, then I'm not going to do my best work. And they're not going to be doing their best work, because we're not we're not uplifting each other. So that's also one of my goals as we move forward is like ensuring that collaborative aspect and making everyone feel seen and heard and loved. And if people can ask me what they think is the stupidest question in a class, then I'll know that I've done my job because I'm like, you feel comfortable enough And if I can allow people to feel confident enough in themselves so that if they're in any situation that they can ask any question that they want, Mm -hmm. then that's incredible. Because theater doesn't always necessarily pay you but it pays you in life skills, it pays you in knowing what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes or imagine that and like creating that empathy moving forward. So I i am yeah, just really excited, excited to share art with so many
0: people. It shines. It just shines through your, your, your eyes are just like so bright and you've got this big <laughs> smile. Like it just, you exude this energy. It's contagious oh thank you dallas there were two things that i wrote down because i i was so <laughs> engaged in what you were saying but i was like don't you forget it young lady <laughs> so i was thinking that i wanted to impersonate a child so that i could be yeah. in these <laughs> programs and then you mentioned adult programs which i was like um yes please i love that
1: yeah, and then yeah.
0: the other thing that you said about bringing in other actors in order to support mm-hmm. other actors, mm-hmm. you had said something earlier too about when you watch someone on TV or in a show or whatever, and you're like, that's me. Bringing in these other people that have these facets of knowledge are going to relate mm-hmm. to different kids too. And I think that that's brilliant because they'll be able to see themselves in these people, like you said, that are still working, that are out there in the industry, and that will give them an even greater sense of motivation or confidence or whatever it is so I love that
1: yes like if I don't see myself visually or personality wise as a firefighter then I'm probably not gonna do that as my job but if I see myself being seen on stage then it's like oh I could do that or at least feel inspired, not necessarily to even obtain it as as a career choice, but just like, just to try it, just to get on stage. And speaking as someone who's like, I self identify like as, as a fat person. It's like, you know, I wish I saw more of meat growing up and it, and things are changing. That's super exciting. But I want, I want people to be like, oh yeah, the ingenue can be fat or, you know, I know a lot of people feel uncomfortable with that word, you know? So maybe people use maybe chubby or curvy or voluptuous, but I, you know, I think that the word fat has just been so often used as like bad or not good. So I just choose to like own it, but that's me personally.
0: You've got some sass when you say it. Like, I feel like if you (laughs) called me fat, I'd be like, yeah i am thank you very much like i love it i uh i hope that comes through and because i'm looking at you and i'm thinking like yeah i'm fat too girl and i hope that shines through on the audio because that is it is beautiful because i was definitely raised to believe that that is a negative word it's not a word we use in this house you are not blah 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 but it's another way of owning it and appreciating your body for being different and loving it because it is. Love yes, that yes.
1: And remembering it's like, it's just a descriptor. You know, so often people are like, oh, well, you're not fat. It's like, you no, know, no, like, I'm short and I'm fat and I have green eyes. You know, they're just, those are just descriptive words and there's nothing evil or bad about those things, right? Yeah. And taking that away from someone, you know, it's taking away their their truth, right? So, yes. <laughs> letting yourselves be seen sorry I'm just trying to get back on track like, <laughs> I, could talk, I could talk about you know fat phobia for forever and you know I'm still learning and, and unlearning and relearning all of that add to because it's a very like touchy subject um but also I find it super fascinating obviously having written my thesis on that as well yeah so making sure that we're feeling seen diversifying our audience even something so simple as I would love to see you know a drag queen on the stage playing a certain role and it's like oh that's so cool you know whether it is that is that the narrator in Rocky Horror is played by a drag queen how cool would that be and how how would that inspire somebody in the audience or diversify your audience and then to just get back to your other point about workshops So we most recently had Jennifer Walls come in right before Christmas because she had just finished Starbright over at Petrolia Playhouse. And Jenny's uh, a dear friend of mine. So she did like an authenticity and performance workshop. So we did like a lot of like acting through song and we only had a few adults come. But to be honest with you, Dallas, I was like crying watching these people make these huge breakthroughs. And Mike and Ben were there too. And they're they're some of our tech guys over at the theater. And they're like adding cool like sound stuff. Like people are picking up mics. The lights are going down. We're imagining we're in a club. And the adults were thriving. I was living to watch this growth. And, you know, we as individuals are so interesting. And of course, you know, I love theater because we get to try on a bunch of different hats and Of course, what I still said about like voiceover and then like we can play a bunch of other things. I think also realizing like we have such interesting stories to tell and we can pull from so much of who we are and there is that like emotional connectivity to those things, right? Everybody loves an I want song because everyone relates to wanting something. So, mm. you know, someone singing Live Out Loud from A Little Princess or Good Morning Baltimore from Hairspray. It's just like there are these I want songs and just being so simple as like what is Baltimore to me? What is, you know, Living Out Loud to someone else and remembering that we can be so much more of ourselves. So I really enjoyed that aspect of of Jenny's workshop and watching kind of this mask almost fall away from a lot of the performers. And they were already so incredible as they were. Once they dropped that mask a little bit more, I was just so there and connected and present with them and I felt like wildly emotional. I was watching Sean Chapman singing what you call a dream. I was watching him start to cry and like I was crying but he was like trying to hold back his tears. I'm like, this this is magic. And there's only a handful of us in the space and being like, okay, we we may not be able to perform for like an entire 600 seat theater right now but what I'm watching right now is theater. And I think the more that we look at like taking class or workshops as an opportunity to perform. Oh, like that's magic. And once we step into that space, what are those performances going to feel like with 600 people that you're sharing that space and time with? Yeah, so my goal is to to enrich the community through youth. And then if adults are open to it, if I'm bringing in a guest artist, then it's like, cool, let's do an adult workshop too, right? If we want to do, fingers crossed, hoping to have someone come in to do puppetry. And it's like, okay, cool. Have I ever done puppetry before? This is really cool let's try this out and you know the youth will take a peek at that and then the adults will too if if they so choose that they want to to take part in that and then you know doing a voice class or a dance workshop just talking about physical movement I know for me I'm like I feel super comfortable in my speaking voice but sometimes when I'm on stage like I become this like little robot and I'm like hello let's connect to our body let's engage right so more ideas of like how do we release that tension how do we fluently tell stories through body
0: mind and soul and voice so that's kind of my goal i love it Fingers and I, crossed. I, i'm so excited and i hope i hope that they come to fruition and that i can participate in and any i mean way that I can. The great
1: thing about like <laughs> the virtual world though mm-hmm. is we, you know you kind of can bring in anyone from mm-hmm. anywhere and the best thing that i've kind of learned is you can email whoever you want you can be like, you know, I want to learn from. I don't know. Who's your favorite actor or like favorite singer? Yeah, I don't know. You could message someone. Anybody? From a why show not? And Cole call them because I guarantee if someone messaged me and they're like, "Sign the show," I thought you're amazing. Would do you do a session with me? I'd be like, "Oh my god, my goodness! <laughs> Best day of my life!" <laughs> I think people are more likely to say yes than say no. And if they want to say no, then okay, they say oh, wow. no. Yeah. But if you like get that dream person that you want to work with or who inspires you, I'll email them. I don't care. So what? They say no. Like, that's not, that's not a big deal. Cause yeah. I'd rather bring in someone amazing and awesome. That's inspiring than just saying, Hey, you know what? They'll probably say no. Yeah. Like, why are we already denying ourselves of that? Right? I think more people will say yes than we think. And if I'm able to bring those people in, awesome. And if they say no, they're lost. And then we can connect virtually. Cause like, uh, maybe someone from New York's like, yeah, sure. Why that wouldn't kind of I? A
0: little sorry.
1: Exactly. You know, we're we're so we're so connected online. So fingers crossed that everything will move forward smoothly now. But I yeah, I think I think we'll be virtual for a little bit. And then once we can be back in person, raring to go. But I think there is ability to exchange energy online, there is ability to inspire and spread joy online. It's obviously more heightened in person. But you know, we'll take what we can right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Because I think it's more
1: important to do something than not because people's voices need to be heard and people need to create and they need to have an artistic outlet. So let's do the thing and make art.
0: I am gonna stop there because that feels just absolutely perfect. Oh, thank um, you! Thank you for this. Like I I feel so energized and like I want to do some theater stuff now. Just Yay! just from a little chat with you, and I'm I'm so looking forward to seeing all that you bring to the community, especially to the kids. Thank yeah. you so much, and thank you for your your kindness. Thanks, lady, so much. Thanks, time. For You're the best. That is all for today. Next week, a dear friend of mine, Carly Allen, is on the show, so make sure you tune in. See you then.